Revelation 3, we're going to deal with Sardis as the fifth, fifth of the, this is the fifth of the seven churches. So far we've looked at Ephesus, that was the first one. Then we looked at Smyrna, that was the second one. Pergamus was the third. Last week we looked at Thyatira. And this week there's three more left, or two after this one. The seven churches that Christ sent his servant John to send the message to. And so let's read this about the church of Sardis. Revelation 3. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. This is the fifth of seven churches that our Lord sent John to speak to. Go talk to the preachers. Deal with this church. Now Sardis was a little city on top of a great big tall hill it's almost without access and it was you know Paul went to Lydia and preachers went to Lydia it was in a place called Lydia and it says it was said to be the first city that that part of the world that was converted under John's preaching this man's preaching here that wrote the book of Revelation God gave it to him and this church of Sardis didn't last very long. Didn't last very long at all. It wasn't as if it didn't last long as a church that honored the Lord Jesus Christ. Its candlestick was almost out. Just had a little flicker left in it. And our Lord addresses this church. And he addresses it this way. These things saith he. Now remember I told you that the Lord addresses every church differently. Every church differently. And here he says, He that hath the seven spirits of God and has the seven stars. Now what is he talking about having the seven spirits? You find seven 54 times in the book of Revelation. Seven means perfection. And so when he says he has the seven spirits of God, God don't have seven spirits. What he means is that God is everywhere at all times. And that he does what he does by spirit using his word. So there's no place you can go where Christ is not. His spirit is everywhere. Perfectly everywhere. Perfectly sees everything. Perfectly knows everything. 
And when it talks about seven spirits, it's talking about that this seven spirits has all the power that's ever present, the only life-giving power on the earth that Christ gives when He gives His Word. And it's effectual. The seven spirits are effectual. And then He says He has seven stars. Those seven stars, remember He started out with seven stars in His right hand. Those seven stars represent the churches, the angels, the ministers, the preachers. And He has them all in His hand. And that's what is so, that's what's so, uh, that's why we're so uh, adamant about what we say and what, very careful of what we say and make sure we say the right thing. Because we have to give an account to Christ first and foremost. You know, what I say here. I have to give an account to you, yes. And you have to give an account, and I have to give an account of you before God, and I have to give account of you before my own soul. But here's what I'm saying. When he says he has the seven stars, that means we're in Christ's hands. He raises up whom he will. He gives the gifts to whom he will. And they're called ministers of his word. And he has the means through the preaching to take a church and revive a church give life to a church and save people by his blessed word by these seven spirits of God and I know this without the spirit there is no ministry without the spirit the church is dead without the spirit there will be no word there will be no gospel and that's what he talks about the seven spirits and he has the preachers in his hands and I tell you what I'm glad I'm in his hands you know how many preachers move around? I know one preacher that's, that's been seven different places. Eight, eight, excuse me, eight different places. And I'll be here 42 years in March. <laughs> I've been here something longer than some of you old. <laughs> but I, but that's, that's a blessing to me. And I have to give an account to Christ. And that's what he's talking about. He has us in his hands. And as he read tonight out of Ecclesiastes. Enter into the house of God. Be not rash with your mouth. Don't be hasty with your foot. Be careful what you utter before God. For he's in the heavens and you're on the earth. So we got to be very careful of what we say and how we say it. And who and, and, and if we're not honoring God and honoring Christ, we're not doing anything. We're just spinning our wheels. But our Lord said here about Sardis. He says, now I know thy works. I know your works. I know exactly what you're doing. And let's hear what he said. He said, you've got a name. You've got a name. Every church has a name. Has an identity. He said, I know that thou hast a name, that you're living. Everybody says, boy, what a lively church that is. Oh, they're so lively and they just got so much going on. But our Lord says, but you're dead. Everybody says he's alive. But God says you're dead. Huh? Dead. Sardis had this reputation that it was a living church. But it's a false reputation. It had an honorable name among people there. A name for vital religion. Oh, you've got a name. For purity of doctrine. 
for unity among yourselves. Have decency. You do all things in decency and order in their worship. All appeared well as far as man was concerned and as far as what they saw. But God said, you did. You did. Oh my. So what does this mean? This means that first of all, they were a church house full of hypocrites. It was a church that was hypocrisy. Bound by hypocrisy. They had a form of religion. Paul says they have a form of, you know, a form of religion, but denying the power thereof. You know what it is to deny the power? It's first of all and foremost to deny the power of God in the salvation of a soul. Secondly, to deny the power of the blood of Christ. Thirdly, to deny the power of the love of Christ. Fourthly, to deny the salvation of the Lord from start to finish. You deny any part of the gospel, you just well deny it all. And that's what he says. They had a church in name only. They had no life. It says they was all dead. They had no principle of life. They was dead in their souls. Dead in their services. Dead in the spirit of their ministries. Deadness when they prayed. Deadness when they preached. Deadness when they heard. Our Lord said, you've got a name that you're living. But I have the seven spirits of God and I know exactly what's going on. You're dead. You're dead. That'd be an awful place to be in it, wouldn't it? Oh my. To be dead. To be dead. Oh my. Oh, to be dead. Do not have no life in the church. Do not have the Spirit of God among us. To be the hypocrite. And you know what a hypocrite is? Now, the very name of hypocrite means that you're play acting. That's what it means. You're on the stage and you're play acting. And so what you're doing is, is you're putting on an act. A hypocrite is somebody that puts on an act. Now these people put on an act. When they got together, they put on an act. They were putting on a play. And it was a play at religion. And he says, you got the name, you're living, but you're dead. You're up there, you're just play acting. You're just play acting. You ain't got no life. You can't have no, you can't, you can't worship because you don't have life. Don't have life. Now look what our Lord says here now. Be watchful. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Watch. Be watchful. Be watchful. Now this touches me. This really, really moves me right here. Be watchful. Our Lord says down there in another place, you know, be watch, watch, watch. I'll come on you as a thief in the night. And I'll tell you what, they had not, let, they'd let down their watch. They'd let down their watch. And he says, what? That you don't lose ground. Look over here in Matthew, Mark chapter 13. Look in Mark chapter 13. Watch. You know, our Lord Jesus told his disciples when he was out in the garden of Gethsemane. And he was out there praying. And he was praying until his sweat was as great drops of blood. And Peter, James, and John was with him. And he said, listen, I'm going to go over yonder and pray. But you all sat here and watch. And he went off and prayed. And he come back. And they was asleep. And he said, I told you to watch. There's some men coming after me. 
They're going to come with lights and torches and swords and spears and sticks. They're going to come after me. I want you to watch. He went off and prayed again. They come back and they're asleep. And he said, sleep on now. They that after me is here. After me here. Now see, they, they could have watched. Watched out for the Lord. Watched out for their master. Said, master, here comes a bunch of men. Be watchful. And look what he said here in Mark 13 and verse 32. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. Take heed now. He's talking about the coming of Christ. Take heed, watch, and pray. For you know not when the time is. What time? The time for me and you. The time of our passing here. Our time, we don't know what, what, what time it is for us. Watch and pray, for you don't know what time it is. For the Son of Man, Christ is a man taking a far journey. He was on this earth, and He left. And He ascended to glory, and He sat down at the right hand of God. He's gone. And He left His house. He left His church here. He left His people here. And He gave authority to His servants. You watch out for my, you watch out for my people. You watch out for my house. And he told everybody there, you gave everybody a work to do. And he commanded the porter, now you watch, you watch. And listen to what he says in verse 35. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh. We don't know when Christ is coming. We don't know when he's coming. We don't know if he's going to come in the evening. We don't know if he's going to come at midnight. Or he's going to come right before daylight when the rooster starts crowing. Lest coming suddenly, what does he find you doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Watch. Oh my, watch. David said, set a watch over my mouth. Set a watch over my mouth. What do we got to watch against? What do we need to watch against? First thing we need to watch against is sin. Don't let sin have dominion over us. Sin is deceitful. The scriptures tells us sin is deceitful. It's so deceitful that it'll cause you to do something and justify yourself in doing it. Watch against sin. And watch against the devil. The devil's, I mean, he, he wants to deceive. He paints a pretty picture. And then when you get do look at that picture, but behind it is full of all hideousness and all foulness. And then I'll tell you who to watch more than anybody else. I'm going to tell you who to watch more than anybody else. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Don't watch the fellow sitting next to you. Watch yourself. You know who you have more problem with than anybody else? It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your children. It's you. <laughs> That's what Paul said, didn't he? He said, oh, wretched man that I am. What are you talking about, wretched man? I, when I wouldn't do good, he was right there with me. That that I wouldn't do, I said, I ain't going to do that. That's exactly what I do. And what I promise I'm going to do, I don't. I don't. Then that's the way we are. And that's what 
Bless His holy name. That's why we keep coming to Christ. Just keep coming. I, you know, I, I, I trust myself less. I, I trust myself less than probably any of you do here. And I don't trust myself. You know, here that old say, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could spit. I wouldn't do it. I don't trust me. Don't never trust yourself. Don't trust Christ. Trust Him who loves you and gave Himself for you. Watch, 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 watch. And watch your heart. Watch your heart. Don't let nothing take your heart. Don't let nothing take your affection. Don't let nothing take your heart off of Christ. Don't let nothing take your affection away from God, away from Christ. Don't let nothing get between you and your Master, your Lord. Don't let nothing happen like that. So watch. And then our Lord said here, again in verse 2, and watch and strengthen the things that remain, and listen to what He says, and are ready to die. There's a few things that's remained. Death has not actually taken over yet. They're dying. They're dying, but they're not dead yet. Strengthen the things that remain and are ready to die. And what he's saying here, the things that are left. And he said, I've not found your works perfect before God. You know why he says he don't find their works perfect before God? Because they wasn't in Christ. They wasn't trusting Christ. I want to show you something before I get on here. I want you to look in, look in Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to show you just what I'm talking about. He said, I've not found your works perfect before God. If you're trusting your works, there's no way in the world they can be perfect before God. If it's something you're doing trying to be accepted of God, it can't be perfect before God. But look what it says here in Hebrews 13.21. Hebrews 13.21. And talking about God now, the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Listen to this. Make you perfect. In what? In every good work. To do His will. How's that happen? Working in you that's well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory both now and forever. That's why He says your works are not perfect. Because God didn't do it in them. God didn't do the work. God didn't do the work. And then it says, you know, the things that remain, the things that are not filled up. The forms are there. The ceremonies are there. The religious customs are there. The traditions are there. But they were empty of any substance. All was just a shadow. They lacked faith. They lacked love. They lacked hope. The reality was gone. But there's just a few that hadn't, that life hadn't ebbed out of them yet. And when he said, I know your works, your works were hollow, empty. They had no real spirit, no life in their deeds, no real charity in their deeds. And the reason being is, I say again, because their works weren't found in Christ. There's not a child of God. Listen to me now. There's not a child of God. Somebody that knows anything about the grace of God that's been converted very long that would ever, ever come before God with a work 
to commend themselves to God. Would they? Won't do it. You know why? Because it'd be your work. And you know why it wouldn't be perfect? Because it's not Christ's work. And I tell you what, if you're in Christ, we're perfect. We're complete in Him. That's what it tells us, ain't it? All right. So their works were hollow. He said, I know your works. And I tell you, you, you strengthen the things that are made that are ready to die. Be watchful. Strengthen them. Strengthen them. Strengthen them. And I tell you what, I, I, I get afraid for some people. I get afraid for some people. Now look what he said in verse 3. Remember. Remember therefore how. He goes back and says remember. Now you've got a name you live and you're dead. Remember how, thou you, how you received and heard and hold fast and repent. And what's he saying? You remember how you started? You remember how you started? That's what he's saying. You remember how you started? You started by receiving something. Not by giving something. Not by doing something. Oh, do you remember how thou hast received? Everything we've got, we received. Paul said, I received the ministry. What have you got that you didn't receive? Who makes you to differ? And that's what he said. Don't you remember how you received? You didn't do anything. You received it. And then he said, not only how you received it, but what you heard. You remember how you heard? That's why our Lord always says, the Spirit says, let him that hath ears hear. Don't you know how you received and how you heard? He asked the Galatians the same thing. How did you receive the gospel? By the works of the law, by the Spirit, and the hearing of faith. And that's what he says to here. Remember? You're dead now, but remember. Look back to what you received. And if we've got anything at all, we received it. And if we heard anything, He gave us the ear to hear it. We received and you heard. Don't you remember that? That's what He said. And how did you receive it? By grace? By the power of God? By Christ? By blood? Oh, thank God for the blood. We sung that this morning. What's that song we sung? Huh? Nothing but the blood. I thought I started to say power in the blood. Somebody says power. <laughs> it's power. I can say it right. I can't. I can just say power. I can say power. I can't. But oh, listen. Here's what, it's, what I'm saying is that how did you receive it? That's all you got to ask yourself. How did you get what you got? How did you get life? How did you get faith? How did you get charity? How did you get hope? How did you get it? And they said, did you just remember now how you got it? Nah. Oh, you heard by the Holy Spirit, received by faith. And look what our Lord says to them there. And hold fast. Remember now. Go back and remember. And when you realize what you, how you got it and how you heard it, hold fast, hold fast to that, and then repent. Then repent. 
Repent of what you've done. Repent of your deadness. Repent of your lack of love and charity and faith. Remember. Remember. And all remember how welcome the gospel was. And that's what he said to them. And how the mercies of God was. Repent. Don't lose all of it. Repent. Repent. Change your mind. And then look what he says there again in verse verse 3. If therefore thou shalt not watch. He done told them to watch now. And if you don't watch. If you don't watch. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come on you like a thief. And you'll not know what hour I'll come. Huh? If you don't watch, I'll come on you as a thief. And you know why? Our Lord mentioned that that way several times. If anybody knows somebody's going to try to break in their house, you'd set up all night. People get all kinds of security systems to keep people from coming in their house. Got, you know, they see somebody walk up to your door. You get on your phone, talk to them, and you're in another state. <laughs> way past my brain. I see people doing it. I can't do it. And I don't. Shirley wants to try that. And she can do it. She she find out somebody could. I couldn't. But anyway, he said, if you don't watch, I'll come on you. And just like a thief that slips in your house and comes upon you. And you know what a thief comes in for? He comes in to get anything, only the things that are valuable. And I, Lord Jesus, said, I'll come on you as a thief and, I'll, and, and you'll never know that I'm there until it's too late. Uh, but when he comes in this place, he said, I ain't nothing valuable to take. You'd, let, you'd say you'd live. But a thief only comes to take what's valuable. And then look what he says here quickly. In verse 4. You've got a few names. There's just a few. A few names even in Sardis. A few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. You know, he remembers in the midst of wrath, he remembers mercy. In the midst of judgment, he remembers mercy. And he says, you've got it. There's a few down there. There's a few left in Sardis. There's a few. There's a few names. There's a few people there. And I'll tell you what. I think, I think Larry Chris preached on this when he is here on Sunday night. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Why? Because the Lord knows them that are His. And that's what he said here. There's people with a few names. How did he know that there's just there a few that's got their names? You know why? Because he knows them. <laughs> he knows them. There's a few names in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. The Lord knows His people. He knows who they are. He knows where they are. And He knows what they're doing. And look what He says. They've not defiled their garments. They haven't got spots on their garments. Their righteousness is Christ. Their righteousness. That's what a garment stands for. The righteousness of Christ. And look what He says. And they shall walk with me in white. Hooey. <laughs> You know, he said he shall walk with me. And he'll be white. You know, Revelation 19a says, you know, that they're dressed in white linen, which is the righteousness of the saints. 
And oh my, they're worthy. And they are worthy. What made them worthy? Christ made them worthy. That's what he's talking about here. What a gracious promise to walk with me in white. The white robes of justification. Righteousness. Adoption. Robes of honor and glory. Look in Isaiah 61. Look at this robe over here. Look in Isaiah 61. You remember that story of that that wedding, that wedding where the wedding garment a man came in, everybody there had a wedding garment in, there's a man come in and he said, Where's your wedding garment? He said, I didn't know they had such a thing. Christ puts his people a wedding garden on us. Look what he said here in Isaiah sixty one and verse ten. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God, in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. <laughs> oh, he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Listen to this now. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments, as a bride adorned herself with a jewel. <laughs> He got us dressed up. I mean, we are dressed up. We are Christ dressed us. And if Christ dresses you, you're dressed. You're dressed enough to stand in the very presence of God Almighty. Oh, he said, the Lord clothed me. The Lord clothed me. And I tell you, they're worthy, not by any merit they've done. But because Christ made them fit to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. And walk with Him in white. Walk with Him in glory. Here we walk by faith. And we walk by faith. But there we're going to walk beside. We'll see Him as He is. And be with Him forever. And then look what He says there in verse 5. You know our Lord uses language. And I've told you this before. On one side you have these wonderful promises. On the other side you have these warnings. And those things... Keep us right here centered on Christ and looking to Christ because we don't want to sit on this side over here and presume on Christ and not ignore the warnings. We don't want to go over this far and, and, and all the promises. So He hymns us up with precious promises and then with warnings. And listen, here's one of those things that, 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 that I'm talking about. Look what He says. He that overcometh overcomes Overcomes what? I've done told you. Sin. Self. And we didn't overcome those things, but He that overcometh. Overcomes. Overcomes. Oh my. It's a labor. It's a war. And we have so much to overcome. This world and all of its charm. This world and all of its wisdom. This world and all of its political system. This world and its religious system. This world and its economic system. Just to to overcome the world. 
Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Uh-huh. But he that overcometh, watch what our Lord says here now. The same shall be clothed in white raiment. Oh, oh my. He shall be perfect. That's what he's talking about. Clothed in white raiment. Pure grace will end in pure glory. And look what he says. And I'll not blot his name out of the book of life. You remember when Moses said, Lord, if you don't forgive Israel, blot my name out of your book. God said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And that's what he's talking here. He said, I'm not going to blot their name out of the book of life. Oh no, I won't. I won't do it. I won't. Con- I'm going. You know what I'm going to do? Instead of blotting their name out of the book of life, I'm going to confess their name, confess His name before my Father and his, before His angels. I'm going to confess His name. I'm going to. I'm the children which Thou hast given me. I'm going to confess His name before my Father. And men here, they die. And after a while, their names is blotted out. Take them off of the church rolls. Take them off the tax rolls. Take them off the rolls of the living. After a while, their names blotted out. Took them off the rolls of memories. People quit living. They didn't even have memories about them. You go cemeteries and the, and, the, and the rain and the weathers beat the, the names and the dates and things like that off of so many gravestones that you don't even know who they are. But not here. Christ said, their names, their names will not be blotted out. <laughs> he has the book of life. He has a role of all who inherit eternal life. The book of eternal election and the book of remembrance that Malachi talked about. And our Lord will produce this book of life and confess before God and, and, and His Father and all His people. These are mine. These are mine. Huh? Let me show you this and I'll close. Matthew 10.32 We'll look at this and then I'm done. I'm done. You know there's so many things. We overcome sorrow. We overcome grief. We overcome pain. We overcome fear. We overcome so many things in this life. But you know he said, he saw a bunch of people that came up and he said, where did these people come from? He said, These are they that came out of great tribulation and have made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Huh? Now look here in verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Huh? But whosoever shall deny me before men, him also will I deny before my Father, which is in heaven.
You know what he also said in one place, and I won't look at it, but he says he cannot deny himself. And for him to deny one for whom he died is to deny himself. And he cannot deny himself. Right? Our Father, in the precious, blessed, glorious name of the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who loved us and gave himself for us, we thank you for your word. As we face it, deal with it, face it as it is, we're living in a reality. Oh, God, don't let us ever be deceived in ourselves, and don't let us deceive anybody else. Oh, God, keep our hearts stayed on you. Keep our love stayed on you. Keep our affections stayed on you. And oh, God, keep us believing. Keep us cleaving to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I want Christ. I need Christ. And I know I speak for everybody here that knows Him. We want Him. We need Him. We've got to have Him. We can't live without Him. And oh Lord, our soul hungers and thirsts for You even now. Don't let us, oh, don't let us go. Please never take Your hand off of us. Please never let us go. Please never leave us to ourselves. Don't do it. Oh God, please, for Christ's sake, don't never leave us to ourselves. Keep us Keep us, keep us, keep us. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Amen. 51 in the hymn book. Let's stand together. You know, I I know folks find that hard maybe to understand. I don't know if believers do or not, but I don't want to miss Christ. I don't want to miss Christ. Psalm, uh, I, what did I say? Psalm 51 or page 51? Page 51. Praise the Savior. He who know Him, who can tell how much we owe Him, gladly let us render to Him all we are and have. Jesus is the name that charms us. He for conflict fits and arms us. Nothing moves and nothing harms us while we trust in Him. Trust in Him, ye saints forever he is faithful changing never neither force nor God can sever those he loves from him keep us Lord oh keep us cleaving to thyself and still be with him then 
when we shall be where we would be, then we shall be what we should be. Things that are now not nor could be soon shall be our own. Good night and God bless you. Lord willing, I'll see you. See you Sunday. Uh, Wednesday.